Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Ladies and gentlemen, I am your host, Blake Rafino. This is Are You Serious Sports. We hope that you guys are making it a good one. We know that we are as well. Huge show in store for you tonight. Zach Nagy from Sports Illustrated joins us at 7.30. Brian Kelly and Lane Kiffin give their midweek uh, uh, judgments, if you will, in reference to This week at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time in Oxford. We talk about that. On the SEC teleconference, Pat Forty's dumbass is running out there trying to bait Brian Kelly saying, Hey, coach, do you hire somebody to count players on the field? Trying to get him and antagonize him to say something about Notre Dame probably because he's writing some stupid hit piece on Marcus Freeman. How big of a low life do you have to be to never come on the SEC teleconference? Uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Um, right, uh, phone call hits every week. Only for you and your Rudy Poo candy ass to run out there and try to bait him. See, nobody wants to say anything about it. I saw that I was the only tweet that said anything about it. But Lord and heaven forbid, if Brian Kelly would have blown out Arkansas last week and people around Baton Rouge would have felt good about them damn selves. Meanwhile, we got people out here questioning him about the stupid play clock at the end of the game when he did it flawlessly. Have you ever played football in your life? We are live. It is going to be electric here tonight. I am fired up. I am fired up. I'm pissed off. Also, 
I saw it. I saw it. Somebody said something about master debater. Can we get past 7.05 p.m. Central Standard Time before the shit just hits the fan? <laughs> All right. Pooh Bear's in the house, as you can tell. <laughs> oh, God. It's not even 7.06. It's 7.06. It just turned 7.06. Where are the gummies at? Oh. True. Week week five preview. We give you our eight picks for the week. I think that there is a couple of SEC games that are massive outside of LSU and Ole Miss. We'll talk about those here tonight as well. And if we have time, Saints and Bucks. Brandon Graziano says, guess it wasn't that BK can't win a big game, but that Notre Dame can't win the big game themselves. He's not wrong, man. You know what I mean? He's not wrong. At some point, it's got to, you know, maybe your take sucks. You know what I mean? We got a lot to talk about. We got a lot to talk about here tonight. All right. Let's get rolling. Everybody do us a favor by hitting the like and share. Share all. Oh, you know what I forgot? You know what I forgot? Where's everybody watching us from tonight? I got to admit the 318, 31 great. Everybody in the 318 been representing. Where is everyone watching us from tonight? Three three seven ain't gonna ain't gonna stand up. See, Monroe, 318, Jerry, Chris. Well, three here comes the 337 and the 225. All right. The 501 says Cajun Bingle. Okay. Boston, Massachusetts. Smotpock. Smotpock. All right. We got a lot of people from all over the place here tonight. That means it's going to be a great show. Everybody do us a favor by hitting the like and share. Share to all those Facebook groups. If you're watching us on Facebook, share to your own social media pages. If you're listening to us on YouTube, like, subscribe, notification bell, wherever you listen to podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe. And everybody watching us on the tube, Fubo TV, welcome, welcome, welcome. Let's talk about our good friends over at GM Vardo and Sons, our good friends over at betonline.ag. Don't go anywhere. We got a lot to discuss. Your man's fired up. Let's talk about it next. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live, in-game betting, props, and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off 
welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag, betonline.ag. With over 65 years of experience, nobody is better equipped to service in your vehicle than GM Vardo and Sons. RV repair, big rig overhauls, motor chassis, routine maintenance, tire rotations, tire sales. No job is too big or too small over at GM. If you break down the side of the road in the greater Baton Rouge area, they will come and get you. And the best thing about that is that they can come and get you and then they can bring your vehicle back to their shop and start the repairs right then. Again, GM Vardo and Sons, go see them over at 2500 Fuller Boulevard. Give them a call at 225-664-9992. 225-664-9992. Tell them your good friend, Blake Rafina. Sit you on by. We're back! Maybe so is Brian Kelly in the recruiting game. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Y'all done pissed him off. You should have just left BK alone. Y'all should have just let his ass. Just You should have just left him alone. Shouldn't have messed with him. Different time for a different day, if you know what I mean. We got a lot to discuss. So listen, I don't want to stay on this long, but it needs to be addressed. Speaking of Brian Kelly, every Wednesday at 10 a.m., I call in to the SEC teleconference every week. Been doing it for a couple years now. And there are a lot of times I like to just sit there, listen to coaches, never ask a question, like to listen to what Nick Saban has to say, like listening to what your opponent this week, like Lane Kiffin's got to say, even though he does not want to be there, it, it, it is apparent. But Pat Forty today, I don't even know where Forty works anymore, but Pat Forty came out today and – Basically asked Brian Kelly a question about does he hire a coach or how does he go about making sure that he has 10 players on the field at all times, trying to bait him into the Notre Dame take of what do you think about what Marcus Freeman just did? And Brian Kelly answered the question with class. Like, yeah, this is, you know, there's chaos on the sidelines when it's a tight game. There's a lot of things that goes on. You just have to make sure that you're focused and locked in. You know, we I've had situations where we, you know, in teams and coaches where we are locked in, times that we're not locked in. But, yes, I have a coach that we hired for, you know, specifically that purpose. I just want people to remember when you hired Brian Kelly for stuff like this, there's no telling what Orgeron or Miles would have said. Yeah, BK gets his bullshit, right? Like, he gets his bullshit. People don't like, oh, you know, some of this and some of that. They want this guy to be there more. They want this, you know, they want this to be changed. That's just a regular football season. Your team is not perfect. It doesn't, it has blemishes. A loss is obviously against Florida State is a massive blemish for some. But I, again, when you talk about this, like even though some of the Will Wade stuff, Pat Forty, the NCAA investigated his hit piece on Will Wade, which some of it was true, but they talked about how the 
big bulletin points that they were touched that he touched on. Javante Smart, I might add. Not only did the NCAA investigate it, they said it had no legal merit or grounding that any source that they could talk to that would confirm it. They said it was bullshit. In a nice way, they came out and said, hey, Pat Forty, we know that you've written stories about LSU before. Everything you said is uncredited and a lie. And then he comes after Brian Kelly trying to bait him. So when stuff hits the fan and you want to, you know, the birds start coming out, I even see some of them, which is absolutely ridiculous about, well, Brian Kelly can't do X, Y, and Z, yada, yada, yada. I don't know why more people aren't talking about his dumb ass coming into, into the SEC teleconference and talking about it. I really don't. I really, really, really don't. At some point, this dude's going to have to get a cease and desist letter. Like, shut up. Well, Blake, it's the First Amendment reporting. But it's, it's obvious of what he tries to do. For whatever reason, I don't know. But it is apparent. Let's move on and talk some actual football. I hate doing stuff like this. Like, I hate it. Uh, Chance says, Blake, how do you feel about Ole Miss celebrating their 2003 SEC West uh, co-championship on Saturday? They didn't win the SEC in 2003. Co-championship. I don't mind it because that's who they were the co-champion with. That kind of stuff doesn't, you know. I know it is something they're doing it, and LSU can go out there and make a statement. But this is what I really want to talk about. What I really want to talk about is the simple nature that Brian Kelly is. Look, there are times that in his tenure so far that we have seen him take that next level of focus and locked in. Today, he really was. And it made me feel confident about where this team can go. The biggest thing that Brian Kelly has said this year so far, in my opinion, schematics, players, you know, I'm just talking about the culture and the energy and the focus of something. Like, I didn't like some of the things he said before Florida State when he was on with our buddy Josh Payton. He said, look, man, our secondary really ain't that good. And obviously he was telling the truth, but I I don't really know. Now, he didn't say that, but translation, hey, man, our DB unit might not be that good. They might not be that good. And clearly he was somewhat right. The I'm going to make a statement that not a lot of people will, will agree with when they first hear it, but stay with me. This These next two weeks are the biggest weeks in your schedule, in my opinion, because they're both on the road in back-to-back weeks. I don't really fear going into into T-Town. I I really don't. If you can't block a punt and get the ball to one and score, I don't fear going to T-Town. A lot of you that watch this show regular, regularly know the stat about what teams have done in the SEC since 2003. And back-to-back road games. They don't win both of them. They don't. 
a locked-in focused team, a team that the next two weeks is probably the most challenging because they're not in your home venue. You don't get one of them. I think that they can be – I really am just on pins and needles, really and truthfully. But today what I heard from Brian Kelly on the lock-in and focus and him already preaching and emphasizing that makes me feel a lot better about going into Oxford this week and winning. Now, Lane Kiffin was up there and felt like it was, in some instances – a, a a dog that was like, you know, when your dog poops in your house when it's young, you know, you get a new dog and it poops in your house and you're like, no, you put its nose in it. You don't poo in my house. That's how I felt like listening to Lane Kiffin. It's like he seemed like a, a dog that like puts his head down and pouts. <laughs> but he's wounded. And I'm going to tell you something. They still have a lot to play for. They are a dog in a corner. Now, what makes me feel good about them being a dog in a corner is last week you faced another team that was like a dog in the corner. You could probably call it a, a hog in the corner. No, not talking glizzies. They were legitimately wounded going into Baton Rouge last week was Arkansas. And they came in there swinging and fighting. Can you get your team and tell your team, listen, we had a team that was wounded. You were like that against Florida State. Just because you rebounded and looked flawless offensively against Grambling State means nothing. Means nothing. You got to go in here and focus because they're going to give you everything that they have. It's going to be a tough environment. Now, Oxford and Vaught-Hemingway Stadium doesn't really get that loud. I even think that Mississippi State is louder than going into Vaught-Hemingway but it's going to be drunk, 401k push planning, white dude in suits that are going to be screaming their ass off, no pause, or well, massive pause, all night long. It's very simple. I agree with your head coach. I agree with BK. It's really simple. You're going to have to get your – it's the same take from a week ago. It's the same exact thing. If your front seven cannot slow them down and dominate and actually get to Jackson Dart, guys, there is a very strong potential this could be a long game. Now, last year, last year, this was Jaden Daniels' coming out party. I kind of feel like he already had it this year already when he went into Starkville. Now, historically, there have been times where Jaden has really played well on the road. Mississippi State, Florida. Going up to Atlanta last year, having 207 yards passing in the first half. He's done some really good things on the road. But what happened in getting the win against Arkansas last week, I think massively benefits you looking into this one. You're telling your guys, and they have to know, like, hey, man, this is the SEC. There is no give me's. There is no, hey, Vanderbilt, you're not going to Nashville this week and taking on Vanderbilt. You're not. You're not. I don't think this team is looking ahead to a potential Missouri team who actually does play Vandy this week. 
guys, you go to Como next week. Missouri's going to be 5-0. and They're almost halfway through. They'll be almost halfway through their regular season when you play them. It will be halfway through the regular season, which I can't believe we're freaking almost there, which is nuts. But you sit in a place where you got to come away with a W. Everything is still in front of you. You got to preach that home. Now, Lane Kiffin talked a little bit today, and he talked a little bit yesterday about his offensive line. And he talks about some things that they have to clean up, but he doesn't know if they have the personnel right now to be able to do that. It's what he essentially is what he's saying. The same take as last week applies again. Now, it's not going to apply next week against Missouri. It's just not going to. Your front seven has to get at after Ole Miss. They cannot run the football. Guys, Tulane is a team that slowed them down massively in the running game. Massively. Last week, Alabama was licking their chops when this team tried to run the football. You got to get your guys in there that have done good in the run game. Jordan Jefferson's going to have to play and play a lot. Like, if 99 is not in the game, your best defensive run stuffer, I don't know, man. I I just do not know. Now, I know a lot of people fell in love with, with Weeks yesterday. Sunshine, sunshine. Sunshine. Greg Penn, Whit Weeks, Savion Jones, Mason Smith, Makai Wingo. If there is a game you obviously knew and felt pretty good about, LSU could escape beating Mississippi State and Arkansas and Mason Smith not having a great game. Kind of knew that. This is not one of those weeks. They're, they are not a good O-line. you got to go attack them. And by the way, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen this week. Arkansas has Texas A&M. That A&M defensive line is going to eat them alive. I've seen BYU do it. I've seen Kent State do it. They are beat up. You were the ones that couldn't stop something for whatever reason. Schematics. Not enough energy, not enough focus, whatever it is. Maybe your girlfriend didn't give you none. Whatever it was last week, it's got to be fixed this one. Because if Lane Kiffin gets that running game going, we are in trouble. We are in trouble defensively. Jaden Daniels cannot continue to bail you out. He can't. Now, do you need him to, maybe? (laughs) Last week, he had to go perfect in the second half. You didn't get him enough stops in the second half. Hell, you did not get him enough stops in the first half. What the hell am I talking about? They went for it on fourth down, didn't get it, uh, had to go, had to, uh, go for a couple of field goals. Then late, they got a touchdown on the fade route that Denver Harris gave up. You didn't stop them. You slowed them down. You clamped down in the red zone. Sure, 
But you know what's interesting? You know what's interesting? LSU, here's something that I want to be and put a lot of emphasis on. You look back to last year and you look into this one. When games are really close, Alabama, Arkansas, Auburn a year ago, Shit, you can say Arkansas both years, really, 2020 and 2021. Brian Kelly is and this staff has coached you into wins. Now, AM, I think it's a different beast because you were beat to shit in that front seven. We'll see. Attacking the running game against Ole Miss, you're gonna give up yards to the air, man. I'm just gonna let you know. Like if, if Let's go ahead and rip that Band-Aid off now. Rip the Band-Aid off now. You're going to give up yards to the air. <laughs> I mean, I just... Trey Harris is back. Lane talked about getting the Bentley kid involved more, the speedy the speedy running back. Wade is a good wide receiver. They Guys, they have really good speed at wide out. Now... I don't know if that benefits you well because you play some really big receivers. You know, LSU, when their secondaries had issues, it's guys that are 6'4 plus that have given them a lot of issues. A lot of issues. Tight end, over 6'4, big bodied receivers, pause, have given you massive troubles. What's going to happen when you have to face off against some really fast ones? Because they. If there's one thing Ole Miss has, they got some speed at wide out, some serious speed. The Bentley kid at running back, the Wade kid at wide receiver, they got some dudes that can take the top off. Pause. <laughs> Don't take my top off. It's only one uh, top. Only one person that can take my top off. Do I sound like the Twitter spaces from last night? All right. Let's get to a couple of these comments. But do I? Chris on Facebook says, where is Quincy Wiggins? Good question. Good question. I don't... Um, I don't... Um, I don't think Quincy's ready. BK was asked this week in his press conference, like, hey, are you going to start rotating in some more dudes? He basically was like, no, not really. Like, who's playing? It's probably who's going to play. Unless we, you know, something happens. Which, Brian Kelly is really good at talking to his players. When he said no about rotating more dudes in, I, I really, when I heard him say that, I, I felt like that was telling LaTerrence Welsh, it's time to pick it up. Like, hey, man, it's time to pick it. Like, we need you now. To Denver Harris, like, hey, man, we we kind of let you been running your mouth a little bit, which you got to have that swag. Matt Trent from WBRZ got Denver Harris running his mouth, doing the set it all from Boosie. And meanwhile, the very next play, 
He's giving up a fade route in the back of the end zone for a tutty. Right? I don't think I don't know if Quincy's ready, man. Jesus take the wheel. I will say this, he's not wrong. But that's not the reason why. The reason why they are doing that, the reason why they're doing that, they're also the first team in first downs in the country, offensive and defensively. Florida. They play keep away. They also have more time of possession than anybody. Quarterbacks have less attempts. All right. Let's get rolling. And they play Joe Milton and backups from Utah. So we'll see. We'll see. All right. Let's talk about our good friend Tyler Alexander over at EXP Realty, our good friend Carol Foss over at State Farm, Zach Nagy, Sports Illustrated. We talk to him next. He will sell your house and find you a new. Well, Tyler's the man, he's here for you. If you want to buy or sell, well, it's not too late. Dial 955-0008. Just call 955-0008. Y'all call Tyler. He'll shoot you straight. Guys, you might know my good friend Carol Falls and all the great service that he provides over at State Farm. He is your good neighbor after all. But did you know State Farm has surprisingly great rates as well? Along with a great neighbor service, State Farm agent Carol Falls has surprisingly great rates for everyone inside the state of Louisiana. So call him today at 985-395-4300, 985-395-4300 for all of those surprisingly great rates on auto, home, and life insurance needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there and individual premiums will vary by customer all applicants subject to the State Farm underwriting requirements. We're back. Zach Nagy, Sports Illustrated. Good evening, good sir. How are you? How we doing, baby? We're back. We are back, like, but not like Texas. Yet. Not yet. I'm not giving them that I'm not giving them that moniker yet just because they beat Alabama. I'm not ready for that either, so we're on the same page. Zach. You got? I'm I'm a little nervous for this weekend. A little, mm-hmm. a little. You know, like, and let me tell you why. Because I know that Tulane stopped this team running the football. I know Alabama did, and to some extent, so did Georgia Tech. Man, if this front seven can't get after this team in this running game, then we got really big issues. Yeah, I agree with that. And my thing with this was kind of like. You saw the front seven make an impact and cause commotion inside, but it's kind of just, you know, getting home. They're not getting right. The play. Wrapping up, not whiffing, and I feel like we're on the same page on that front. But, you know, Quinshawn Judkins is a freak, if we're going to be honest here. I mean, that Ole Miss back is, is incredible. And just because he's struggling, you know, to start the season doesn't mean he can't snap back in the blink of an eye and cut up on Saturday. I mean, it's a primetime game in Oxford. you got LSU in town. It's there's There's no reason for him not to do his own thing, but – yeah, I mean, we, we we have a good one coming up this weekend. I'm I'm extremely excited to see what Oxford brings to the, or what Ole Miss brings to the table. What do you think they do bring to the table? What do you think they're going to have to do? 
I mean, I think Lane Kiffin's an absolute mastermind of an offensive coach. And, you know, people can, you know, say what they want about him, say what they want about me saying that. Um, but at the end of the day, he's an exceptional coach and he, he's going to look to exploit that secondary as best he can. Jackson Dart, you know, isn't the most talented quarterback in the SEC, but he has his fair share of weapons. He has his red zone threat that he likes. And at the end of the day, you just are going to have to make sure he doesn't exploit the secondary to the best of his abilities because Lane Kiffin's going to try to do that, especially with a struggling secondary. That well, play. and they're a wounded dog. You know, so there's two sides of this coin. Right. In reference to Ole Miss is a wounded dog coming into this, right? Like, they still have everything in front of them to play for, Zach. Like, they're not out of this by any stretch of the imagination. Now, can they win it? I don't think so. But, that you know, that doesn't matter what I think. Hashtag the rock. But I look at LSU – you won a game where you thought a team was wounded that came in there and gave you everything that they had, and you won. So does this team come out maybe a little bit more focused than they did last week in the first half? If you're referring to LSU, then... Yeah, I, I mean LSU, correct. My goodness gracious, I hope so, because that was a really weak start to the game. I mean, I was talking the other day about Jaden Daniels, and you, you could kind of sit here and say that, that was his worst start to a game in his LSU career. What did he go? Seven of fourteen to start the game. He had a pick, missed throws, missed reads, underthrows. It, it was a, a struggle for Jaden Daniels. And I'm a Jaden Daniels advocate. I believe that, you know, he's gonna continue getting his stuff together because he showcased, you know, the ability to shake back against Arkansas. But, you know, for the most part, yeah, you have to come out of this game or come out of that locker room shot out of a cannon. Cause Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin are not messing around. So you, you gotta come out of this game hot or else it's gonna get scary quick. Zach, I I'm going to I'm going to make a I'm going to give a statement here and I want to see if you agree. Now don't if you don't if you don't like don't go down my little rabbit hole here if you don't if you're not with me. No, I got you. I got you. I think that this next 2 weeks are the biggest 2 weeks that LSU has all year. I don't I don't fear going into T-Town. Okay, Florida can run the football. Sounds cute. Graham Grant I mean you're going to have to keep up with Jaden. Now, I know that their defenses look good so far. They have some dudes, whatever. Okay, I'll see you in a couple of weeks. Auburn can't throw a vertical pass. A&M, right. Max Johnson, and Baton Rouge, he ain't winning. I'm just going to tell you, LSU can go fight, lose every game. They're going to beat A&M and Death Valley and Baton Rouge, I promise you. Yeah. These next two weeks, Missouri's got Vandy this week. They're going to be 5-0, and 11 a.m. Como. You're going into Vaughn Hemingway at night. I don't. I think it's the biggest two weeks that you toughest two week stretch you might have because it's on the road. It doesn't work well when that happens, and you can beat these teams at home. You can beat Florida, Auburn uh, uh, at home. You can beat A and M at home. I'm not worried about them. I think this could be a massive two weeks that LSU fans need to gear up for. I don't disagree with that at all. I, I think this this Ole Miss offense is something to reckon with. This weekend's going to be tough. Primetime game in Oxford. You can't really ask for much more. You know that fan base is going to bring it. You know Kiffin's going to bring it. Jackson Dart's going to try to do, you know, he's going to try to compete to the best of his abilities. I'm excited for the Mizzou game, man. I'm excited to see what Missouri brings to the table. I'm a big fan of Luther Burden. I, I think he's an extremely talented Ooh. wide receiver. Who, he's an all-SEC caliber guy. And, you know, he came to he, he came to college as this coveted recruit, you know, top five, just prospect in the nation. He took it by storm. So, yeah, you're, they're going to look to exploit the secondary once again. And these next two weeks are big for the program, but it's also big to see what you're dealing with in the secondary. Are you going to give LaTerrence Welch a chance? I heard you talking about it a minute ago. Are you going to keep rolling with Deuce Chestnut, Denver Harris, Zion Alexander? Are you going to shake some things up? What are you going to do in that regard? Because 
it's a big two-week stretch for the secondary, man. Yes, for the program, it's significant. But you're going to see the secondary get put to the test, and how will they respond is, is what I'm kind of circling and looking at over the next couple of weeks. Why do you think that LaTerrence Welsh hasn't played? It's an interesting question, and obviously, you know, we don't have access to practice during the season, so I, we don't really know necessarily what's happening behind closed doors. But it's intriguing for me to not see him be on the field just because at that spring game he cut up and he was tremendous. If there were two or three breakout guys that – you know, you saw during that game, LaTerrence Welch was circled as one of those guys who was emerging. And then something happened. He stalled. And this program hasn't even given him a shot this season to do, you know, what he does. And it, it's been kind of intriguing just because of how much of a struggle the secondary's been. So, you know, something must be happening behind closed doors. Maybe he's not advancing. Do you just think he's not picking something up? I mean, it's not a talent thing. I've seen LaTerrence Welch shine. The talent is not a problem. I don't know if it's a madhouse scheme thing. He loves to throw different looks around. But something's going on where they're not really giving Welch a chance, and it's very interesting to me. I'll keep using that word because I'm not quite sure why. Whit Weeks was a guy that the media got to talk to yesterday. Sunshine. Man, he's a beast, dude. He's a beast. I'm a huge fan of him. Anybody who gets the chance to talk to him, he's lighting up, he's smiling, he's eager. He wants to He's learn. happy he to, to be here, man. Wait, what? He's just happy to be here. Dude, he is just an eager go-getter. And to, be, to talk to him was phenomenal. He gave us a couple fantastic quotes the other day. But, man, he he's something, dude. I, I love Whit Weeks. Love him on the field, of course. Love him off the field. Class act. True freshman. He's going to be around for the next couple of years, dude. You got a beast in that kid. That, that's somebody who's going to burst onto the scene and, and keep doing it. Because he shined in weeks three and four. It's only a matter of time until he keeps on hitting that next year. If Omar Spates is healthy, which he was not, you know. He's battling that hip flexor injury. That's a, that's a tricky one. Well, and he was battling it against Florida State. I got that one kind of confirmed. So, look, I, I mean, I was told that he was playing like 65 70% at max uh, against Florida State. With him now being back a little bit in the fold with Whit Weeks, you think we see anything intriguing here? Do you think we see a, a wrinkle with some of these guys? I mean, is there going to be something that we're just, you know, like, hey, man, they found something with this with Omar coming back? I'm just really intrigued to see how these rotations work out, which is obviously what you're hinting at. Because, you know, Omar's the savvy vet. He's the guy who's been there, done that, and obviously playing at 60 70% is not going to cut it in SEC ball. It, it's just not. You're playing against the best of the best on a weekly on a weekly basis. And you have something in wit weeks. This is a guy who's emerging, and he's only going to get better with more playing time under his belt, more snaps, more reps. And he was really complimentary of somebody like Greg Penn III. He was saying if he was kind of confused and unsure of what was going on, he'd look to his brother on the side and talk to – and his brother being Greg Penn, and, of course, he has his brother West Week as, as well. But, yeah, you got to emphasize. I mean, he's brother and, from another mother. You know, yeah, that's what he called. talking to his boys, talking to his teammates, and they're helping him out. So is something kind of brewing in that linebacker room at that second level, man? Time will tell. This week's going to answer that question, but – Man, you got Omar, you got Harold, you got Greg, you got the Weeks brothers, man. You got something coming in a big way at that second level. And it was kind of a position group where we were looking at during fall camp, like, what's going to happen here? There's not a lot of bodies. They didn't go to the transfer portal and kind of do what we thought maybe. Yeah, they, they knew what they had in Whit Weeks, maybe. And Whit Weeks kind of emerged as this dog that we were hoping he would become. And he wasn't this coveted prospect. You know, he was this three-star guy. He wasn't this highly coveted guy. He was well-respected. And in-state Georgia was going after him like a – like hell, I'll put it that way. Um, but LSU beat him out, got the job done, and man, he's shining, dude. He's gonna hit that next gear soon. He, he's a dog, man. Um, the only thing that I'm looking for, schema- or not, uh, uh, personnel wise, 
at this point, you are what you are offensively. Look, Lance Hurd didn't play last week. Nobody said anything. Yeah. You notice how that was? Nobody, it's a, it's a, it's a, nobody said a word Monday about Lance Hurd not playing. Well, you know why he didn't play? Because Miles Frazier was kicking ass and taking names. Okay? He's kicking ass. And don't sleep on that Arkansas the, you know, defensive line. That defensive front is nothing to – you know, yeah, he he made Jeff Coat. He made Jeff Coat look like uh, look. Jeff Coat is soft. a is it's a third. Well, is it third or fourth round pick? And he was on that ass. No, you yeah. pause, but he was on him all. So yeah. it's funny how on Monday nobody asked about Lance Hurd. But look, you know, when Miles Frazier's okay. cooking, Miles Frazier's cooking, and you're not going to sit there and, and kind of like talk about what if or what they should have done when you have an offensive line that was handling business to a degree. And I was I was extremely pleased with Frazier. You know, there's a lot of people talking, there's a lot of chatter, and for him to go into the field in Death Valley and the SEC home opener and you know handle business, hey man, do what you got to do. It was impressive. You know what personnel change? The only personnel change I'm looking for to see if they do anything. Ninety nine. Yeah. Now, me and you talked when we were at practice during the I don't want to off season camp, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And we talked when we were on the sidelines together. Hey, man, I know Mason Smith's Mason Smith, but 99 has been kicking their ass all day long. And we're talking about this offensive line who has not been bad. He wasn't going against Miles Frazier. He was going against 66 and 50, He even though he was that big of a dude. Like, they put him out there to test him a little bit in camp. Man, you got to start 99. I'm sorry. Wow. At some point, you're going to have to start him and get him in there. He's been that disruptive. He's been the talk of the town. I mean, he, he's been doing some extremely, extremely impressive things. And do you put him – it's just – it's an interesting thing what you do. I, look, I start him. You know, like, look, are we – I'm not saying sit Mason. I'm not saying sit anybody. I think there's a role for Mason Smith on this team. No, Clearly, he's one of the best no players doubt. there. You know, I don't like, even – I don't even want to go down that path because we've just seen so many people bad mouthing Mason Smith right now, and it's 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 tough because you see somebody like Jordan who is shining, and it's, you don't know what to do from a scheme perspective. But dude, well, you kind of do, oh, Zach. Well, let me, I want to know what you got. Get his ass in there. Take somebody out. I don't care who it is, Wingo. I I don't care what you got to do. I, I with all due respect, I, I mean he took up a double team. So on the on the Andre Sam interception. Yep. He's Beautiful. the one that's generating Beautiful the pressure. Call on your part. Keep going. So, and then you had the second worst throw of KJ Jefferson's night, the Greg Penn yeah. RPO tap pass. Okay. The only reason that that is happening is because he's now got to step up in the pocket and his throwing lane is off, and Greg Penn almost comes down with a pick. These are two pass play, pass rushes that he had that he affected everything. Oh, and by the way, he Makai Wingo needs to take that man to supper club because he's the reason that he got the sack. I don't disagree with that at all, and I think that's a really good film breakdown from your perspective. I love Andre Sam, by the way. I'm going to throw that out there before I even hint the defensive line stuff. But, <laughs> dude, he's causing commotion down low, and I'm, I'm loving everything that he's bringing to the table. You're going to have to figure out a way to keep him on the field, whether it's starting – giving him significant snaps. Something's got to change, you know, from a schematic standpoint to keep him on the field because, my goodness gracious, he, he's doing some damn good things inside. And, you know, you got Mason Smith as a weapon who's going to cause some some havoc sooner rather than later. Makai Wingo's putting together quietly an all-SEC caliber season. So you're going to do something. I don't know what you do, but you have to keep them on the field at the same time because 
especially against a team like this. You get the Jackson Dart, you keep that run game in check, this week's going to be a big test, and a lot of questions are going to be answered for, through the first half, in my opinion. Well, and here's, an, here's another thing. If you're, I know that this might not make a massive pass rush difference, but if you're not going to send Perkins any damn way, yeah, then you know who I want? Jones, Jefferson, Smith, and um, Wingo. Wingo. Mm-hmm. If you're putting Wingo out on the edge to bull rush a tackle any damn way, right? Like, you're already doing it. You can, yeah. Don't give me the excuse that you can't find the four in that rotation. I don't, if you're not going to send Park – now, if you're going to send Park, you're going to put him on the edge, that's a conti- completely different beast. But if you're going to let Makai Wingo be your main pass rusher on third down, then my goodness gracious, you better get someone who's wreaking havoc. Dude, I mean, you're just seeing so many weapons emerge at this defensive line. We haven't even sat here and talked about Deshaun Womack. Like, we haven't even brought up his name yet. You're seeing so many guys kind of burst onto the scene sooner rather than later. And like you said, kind of sticking on what you're saying right there, if you're not going to utilize Harold Perkins as an edge rusher, then you go with that front five kind of rotation that you're speaking with right there, put Jordan Jefferson in there and rock out with that because you have so much talent. It's almost kind of like an embarrassment of riches that you're dealing with here. And if you're not going to use Harold Perkins as this edge rusher, then you might as well change up the scheme and do with what you got because you got some dogs ready to, you know, kind of break out of their shell. Jordan Jefferson's one of them, and, you know, I kind of want to see what Deshaun Womack can bring to the table. It's not done yet. He still has time to get to that next level, but, you know, you got to throw him in the fold eventually and let him get there himself. Look, I know that secondary has gotten the brunt of the um, critiques. Critiques. Good, thank you. It's it's not them for me right now because if it, you've had opportunities to take down quarterbacks Jeff, yeah. Jefferson and Travis and you hadn't been able to do it right and so when a ball's coming from a different location and a guy a quarterback's on the run the thing with Zy Alexander happens right okay like those are the breakdowns you got to get I, I don't care that he blew the coverage as much as I'm mad at that it took us seven seconds to get remotely to Jefferson, right? Like that. On that, just to, to hit on that, is really just you can only sit back in coverage for so damn long. Right. There's only so much time you can sit back there. And if you allow somebody of K.J. Jefferson's caliber to, you know, roam around, utilize his legs, and, you know, find somebody on the run, dude, you're in trouble. And, yes, you can point the finger at the secondary all you want. But at the end of the day, you can only cover for so long. And that's why this weekend is a very intriguing matchup for me because Jackson Dart's legs are kind of a characteristic that gets swept under the rug a little bit. He can sit back in the pocket and deliver a pass if he wants to, but he also has the ability to roll out and hit his guys on the run. So this weekend, when I say that there's a lot of things that you're going to see get checked off, one of the things that needs to get checked off is wrapping up, stop whiffing, tackle the quarterback, get him down in the backfield and move from there because whiffing and, you know, half, half-assing it, we'll just say, half-assing it isn't going to get it done. Right, and it's not. we saw that against Arkansas. You allowed K.J. Jefferson to do what he can do best, and that can't happen. That can't fly against a Lane Kiffin offense this weekend, man. Braden Swenson's another guy I didn't bring up, you know, who's who's caused some chaos. Got to talk to him yesterday. Uh, well, I'll, we might bring that up, but I got, two, I got two more for you. Not to get back to the corner part of this, but – I don't want to, and I don't, I'm not trying to put down on a player, but before Deuce Chestnut goes back out there, which I do think you need to continue to give him chances. 
Okay, I'm not I'm not saying that. I'm not saying to bench him. I'm not because he's obviously not in the starting rotation right now. Still give him looks. Help him. Let him be a, in in the slot. See what he can do there. Maybe he can find a home there. He had a touchdown called on him that got called back last week. Can we – I mean, like, when do you abandon that? When do you abandon not give, giving Ashton Stamps a look? Look, your youngsters are only going to improve with repetitions under their belt. And look, certainly you're entering, an S, you're entering the gauntlet soon of SEC play. Eventually, when you're seeing your veterans struggle so significantly, and I say significantly to be, like, dramatic, but when you see them struggling, at some point you have to look at your youngsters being Ashton Stamps, even LaTerrence Welch, JV and Toviano. I mean, there's just some – and I know JV and Toviano is a difficult name to put in there. You and I have had our dialogue about that. But at some point you're just going to have to look at somebody like Ashton Stamps and just say, screw it. Let's throw him into the fire and see how he adapts because – you know, he's going to have to do that. He shined during fall camp. You got to get some reps under his belt. And I think you and I are on the same page about that, man. Um, I, Don't answer the question if it if you don't want to or can or whatever. Were you on the SEC teleconference today? I was for a little bit this morning. Okay. You, oh, wait, what are you? Pat, Pat 40? Yeah, that was – I know you were fired up about that. I dude. was pissed. Yeah. I mean – was that not – did you not feel like that was a little bit of a setup? He was fishing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was fishing. Okay, that's all. Yeah. I, I just wanted to ask some. I don't want to go into detail with it. I've said my piece. I just thought I was crazy because nobody else was tweeting, and I'm like – Oh, no, you were fired up. About oh, I was I pissed. Yeah. I was I, I was hotter than a spoon in a – you know, in, in a trailer park. Understood. Right. Understood. Brian Kelly's taking a little heat this week in reference to the, uh, the the how he managed the clock at the end of the game last week. Am I crazy? I didn't. I thought he did a good job doing it. What I mean, I played a lot of football in my time, played it at the next level, but I'd mm-hmm. never seen somebody say, "Hey, he, he kicked a field goal with eight seconds left." I mean, am I wrong in thinking that he played that good? Because I thought he did. I don't, I don't know if he played it good necessarily, but it wasn't something that I was sitting back and thinking about. You know, when it was A, when it was happening, and B, when it happened, when you won the damn game. You mean, you see these people all over social media questioning his, his what, with Les Miles type beat, where you're seeing how somebody like Les Miles is piss poor, like clock management, you know, throwing comparisons around like that. I'm like, man, I didn't think he played that incorrectly in the slightest. It was Me either. Portion, but, man, it was the talk of the town for no reason. So, yeah, I saw that, but by no means was I sitting back here thinking, like, what the heck's he doing? Because I didn't think that at all in the moment or after. All right, well, look, I just – sometimes I get in these, like, what I call – I call them seasons, you know. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm just, like, going nuts, you know what I mean? But I'm glad, I, I'm, glad I'm not the only person that <laughs> saw it that way. No, dude, we're on the same page, trust All right. me. All right, Zach Nagy, you can find him on Twitter at ZNaggy20, LSU Country underscore FN as well by SI Now. Thank you so much, buddy, for joining us. I greatly appreciate it. Appreciate it, my guy. Let's do it again. All right. That's Zach Nagy, Sports Illustrated. Always fantastic. Let's get to a break. Um, I'll give you my college – I'll give you my picks for week five next. By the Drake Williams Law Firm, drakewilliamslawfirm.com. 
Whether you've been injured in an accident, you're preparing for a future with your estate planning, you're getting ready to close in on a real estate deal, or you're about to welcome a new addition through adoption into your family, or you're facing criminal charges, you need very experienced attorneys, and that is what the Drake Williams Law Firm will be able to do for you in navigating the legal system. The door to their cozy office in historic downtown Ponchatoula has been open since 1981. They have helped thousands and thousands of Louisiana families and individuals win cases, close on real estate deals, and regain that peace of mind. Their lawyers over at the Drake Williams Law Firm, Ernie Drake III, Ryan J. Williams, and Summer Vignair are very determined, compassionate, and dedicated to their craft. It's the Drake Williams Law Firm, drakewilliamslawfirm.com. Give them a call today at 985-386-7600. Tell them your good friend Blake Rafino at AYS sent you on by. Bayou Daiquiri's at Bayou Bowling Go is owned and operated locally by Steve and Lisa Bean. You can find them at 1512 North Highway 190 in Covington, Louisiana. That's 1512 North Highway 190 in Covington. The North Shore's first crawfish drive-thru is about to step it up another notch by bringing you drive-thru daiquiris as well. You can call in your order today at 985-888-1914. 985-888-1914. Cause you know what? Daiquiris and crawfish. It's a Louisiana thing. So week five is upon us. And I think personally, it's a pretty sneaky good week when it comes to games, even in the SEC. One game that I want to – so it's an opponent that you play. So I'll start here. Florida. Florida, Kentucky. I am not, beyond a shadow of a doubt, sold on Mark Stoops in Kentucky. They have had games against very inferior opponents. They have had games and halves where if you thought that your half was bad against Arkansas – You should go and watch Kentucky versus, what was it, Eastern Kentucky. It was not good. They are play good defense, run the football, play action team. Problem is, so is Florida. But I've seen Florida tested. I've seen them go against Tennessee. I've seen them go against Utah. And their defense, for what it's worth, has been really good. Now, you look at the Utah game and say, what are you talking about, Blake? Well, they are first in the country in multiple defensive statistical categories. Like, they are the least team in the country to allow first downs. Their running game offensively has helped their secondary in reference to. There's not a lot of time. They, they take a lot of time. They're winning games with the time of possession. They have the ball a lot because they – run the ball, even against Charlotte, they do not really and truthfully, they don't, um, I don't want to say Billy Napier is a less miles type of deal, dude that just like, hey, we're going to go in these kind of games. We're going to not show much. We're going to run the football. We're going to establish that I'm a good play caller running the football. They do. I'm taking Florida. I don't think Kentucky I think Kentucky's a little fugazi. I think that their offensive line is not as good as people think that they are. I think that that defensive line 
and the DN specifically for Florida, actually they do have some dudes on that defensive line that can really play. I think they get after Devin Leary. I think they get it to him at least three times on Saturday. With that being said, I'm taking the Florida Gators. Texas A&M and Arkansas. This one's tough for me. Max Johnson is a good quarterback. I don't think that he has the upside of Connor Wegman. And I know Arkansas is coming off a game against LSU and BYU where they played it close. But if LSU can get to KJ, and I know that they did not finish with the sacks or the amount of sacks that they wanted. But that defensive line for AM is for real. And you look at a game like Miami, and Miami threw the ball all over the place. You can't deny that. The secondary for Texas AM is not good. It's not. Some can compare it to yours. It's not been good. Had a great week last week against an Auburn team who cannot throw the football to save their life. That Dean line's going to get after KJ and get after him a lot. If Arkansas winds up winning, KJ's going to have to have another stellar week. This week, though, he's going to have to use his legs more than he did a week ago against LSU because that Dean line's going to be in his lap. Guys, they are really good up front. I think Max Johnson played exceptionally well last week when – A&M could not get anything going offensively. Connor Wegman goes out, and he is out for the year, which really, I mean, look, even though they're a rival, I do not like that a kid goes out and gets hurt. I want to play the best of the best. Max Johnson played really well. I think they got too many weapons. I think that their O-line is coming to their own. They're playing multiple freshmen along that offensive line. The uh, Basantis kid has looked decent. I'm going to go A&M. This game is in Arlington. I know. I think Arkansas has. I don't feel good about taking Texas A&M, but I am. Give me the Aggies. You know how I feel about LSU and Ole Miss. We'll talk about that tomorrow. Here's some just other quick picks. Notre Dame over Duke. Texas over Kansas. USC clearly over Colorado. And to the last one, Tennessee and South Carolina. South Carolina's best player not named Spencer Rattler is out for this game in Leggett and I think Tennessee at home and at night or just at home in general I think Tennessee gets this rolling they're going in the all blacks this game last year I think the fan base the players that were there last year they want a little bit of revenge on this team I do think that Tennessee's D-line is a little underrated Spencer Radler has been running for his life. He's been getting beat to hell. And he is having a spectacular year so far. This game comes down if Tennessee wins, if Joe Milton can find find something. Now, they've been getting him involved a little bit more in the run game. They looked good last week. I know that they had their difficulties against Florida. I don't like South Carolina going into a hostile environment and getting that win. Even though this is around the time that historically Shane Beamer teams really start hitting on all cylinders, I don't think they do it this one, though.
I just don't. I do not foresee that happen. All right. A couple comments before we get out of here. And, yes, I do think USC is going to blow the waters off of Colorado. Blow up. They're going to kill them. Uh, Paul Sub Martin says his winners this week, A&M, Kentucky, Georgia, Missouri, LSU, Tennessee, Alabama. You know what's interesting? I know I brought this up earlier. Um, Missouri's got Vandy this week. Missouri's got Vandy this week. They're going to be five and zero in Como at eleven a.m. with LSU in town. You think they're you think that they're going to look at that game as a massive one? They are, man. And we do not have anybody that can stop Luther Burden. We don't. <laughs> I'm just telling you, we don't. We do not. Maybe Denver Harris. Maybe we don't have anybody that can stop Luther Burden. Or I don't even know. If they can slow him down, I'm being serious with that. But I like Paul's Hub's picks other than the Kentucky one. I think we're right where we picked every one of them the same as just Kentucky. So, yeah, I don't mind that. Utah, I run tall stop says Utah couldn't score on UCLA. And I actually took Oregon State. Oregon State, for that reason, I only run tall stop. Um, but I never picked the Utah games right. I've got one right when they played USC in the Pac-12 title game last year. Put a little, you know, I put a pretty big uh, sizable amount of money on that game. Kevin says, Blake, is the book closed on AA as punt return? Aaron Anderson is punt return. Seems that way, man. Seems that way. You know what that's interesting about that? Did uh You know, I just had a thought when you said that. I want to go I want to go check this right quick. Hold on. Speaking of punt returner. No. Maybe I, uh, okay. No, Arkansas didn't punt last week, did they? Maybe once. Let me check this. It's funny because I was thinking about they punted the, oh, that's right. They had a three and out to start the game. Greg Clayton, that's right. That's right. They had one punt Arkansas last week in starting the game, and they ran the field on you the rest of it. First thing about who's going to be the guy at punt returner, you can't stop nobody. You can't stop nobody. Uh, Mac Daddy Donk says, why is LaTerrence Welsh not getting no playing time? I don't know. I think it, it, it's got – at this point, it's got to be he just doesn't understand the, uh, the defense. Like – it, the, that the light bulb hasn't clicked on for him. It has to be. Something's up. Something has to be up. And then that's not sourcing. That's just that's strict opinion because I have no God, God earthly idea. None. See you guys tomorrow. Peace out, Girl Scouts. Peace.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.